0: Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Back in the day when Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport had a Terminal 1, it also had a chapel. That's right, a chapel. It opened in 1937, but in the 40s it closed. Today, the chapel, and the terminal, for that matter, are history. But what is the story behind the chapel? Why did it exist in the first place? And why was it so short-lived? Today, we fly back in time to share the story of the fly-in chapel. Here's producer Taylor Seeley.
1: Once upon a time, in a land known as the United States, you couldn't just get married any time or day you wanted.
2: So in the 1930s, um, many states, including California, had a waiting period to get a marriage license.
1: That's Gary Martelli.
2: And I'm the Phoenix Airport Museum director.
1: Like Gary said, most states had a waiting period before. It was a three-day waiting period, to make sure you were positive you wanted to get married. You even had to take a blood test. This was a test to check for venereal diseases. According to a county health department in Missouri, which was one of the states that mandated this blood test, syphilis was a major health problem in the 1920s. If either person tested positive, many places across the U.S. would prohibit the marriage until the infected person was treated. But in Phoenix, we didn't have those rules. So our city decided to capitalize on that.
2: And Arizona did not. And so the Phoenix Junior Chamber of Commerce came up with this idea to have a wedding chapel built at Sky Harbor Airport with the idea to entice um, kind of Hollywood celebrities to fly over from California and come to Sky Harbor and get married at this, um, this wedding chapel.
1: Again, the idea being, why wait when you can come fly to Arizona and do it right away? And for celebrities, doing it quickly could presumably reduce the chance of being caught by paparazzi. For Arizona, it gave us the opportunity to be seen and enjoyed by more tourists. We could show off our great weather.
2: So the chapel was conceived in the late 30s, and in 1937 is when the Junior Chamber of Commerce uh, constructed an adobe, basically open-air Spanish-style chapel, which consisted of an archway, um, and then kind of a tower with another archway with a big cast iron bell and a wooden cross on top of the the um, on the very top.
1: It was located at the airport's first ever terminal, which was also designed in an adobe Spanish-style aesthetic. The bell was 100 years old, and based on photos, Gary estimates that the tower was about 20 feet tall.
2: And it was right near the runway, like right off the runway.
1: So basically, Phoenix was the original Quickie Wedding hotspot. Even before Las Vegas. Or at least it was trying to be. And so how did it end up playing out? Was this a hotspot for celebrities? Um, there were a
2: few celebrities that did come and get married, um, but of the 42 weddings that were performed there in the late 30s and 1940s, the majority of them were by locals. And the very first wedding that took place, the people actually drove to Sky Harbor to get married.
1: For the locals who got married at this Flying Chapel, was there any particular reason why it would have been appealing?
2: I would think it was probably a novelty. Um, But it was also from a time when it was really fun to go to the airport.
1: Remember, the airport was still new in Phoenix. The city had only officially purchased it from Acme Investment Company two years prior in 1935. So families, for fun, used to drive there with their kids to watch the airplanes take off. It was a cool new place to be. And while the chapel was mostly used for locals' weddings, there was at least one notable celebrity couple who got married there.
2: Don Novus, who was kind of a, a radio celebrity, and I believe he was marrying like a Broadway showgirl.
1: Friday, January 28, 1938, an article in the Arizona Republic ran the headline quote, Donald Novus Marries Here. A photo shows Novus kissing his bride, Dorothy Bradshaw, the Broadway showgirl. The article said the couple spent the day visiting Phoenix before returning to their home in Hollywood, California. Now, this is just a guess, but perhaps the celebrity marriages didn't pick up because it appears getting married in Phoenix did not reduce paparazzi. The article said 100 people greeted Novus and Bradshaw when they arrived including Chamber of Commerce people, newspaper photographers, and local residents who were just excited to watch celebrities get married here. Even KTAR, the local radio station, broadcasted the chapel ceremony.
2: Uh, And then there was another wedding where somebody married an actress named Sylvia uh, Sidney.
1: The Republic wrote about that wedding on October 2nd, 1935. That was two years before the fly-in chapel opened, and perhaps it was the inspiration behind the fly-in chapel because Sydney is quoted in the paper as saying they selected Phoenix because it didn't have the three-day waiting period. The story also noted how Sydney worked to dodge the photographers because she was afraid of having a bad photo taken. But as the city grew, so did the airport. Newer terminals were being built and the one where the chapel existed would eventually be demolished. The airport closed the Flying Chapel in advance of the closure in the 1940s. Gary isn't sure what happened to the chapel's wooden cross, but the bell was put into storage for safekeeping. The airport opened a new chapel with the opening of Terminal 2 in 1962.
2: And it was not really uh, promoted for weddings.
1: It was supposed to be more commemorative.
2: And so it had a plaque on it talking about how it was used in the original terminal.
1: This time, the design was different. It was smaller. You couldn't stand under the concrete archway. You had to sort of stand in front of it. With the wooden cross gone, the airport shaped it to complement the new terminal they constructed a new stylized metal cross.
2: The Terminal 2 was very much a mid-century modern design, and so this belfry was designed very much like that as well, very streamlined, cast concrete archway. Completely different from its original beginnings, which you know looked very rustic and, and Spanish-style.
1: While it wasn't advertised as a place to get married, the airport did document at least one wedding there in 1965.
2: And then the once it was at Terminal 2, it wasn't there a long time either because then Terminal 2 got remodeled.
1: The belfry structure was moved to the north side of the airfield in front of a restaurant called the Left Seat. It was a popular spot for airport enthusiasts because you could watch airplanes take off and land. And finally, once that restaurant closed, the Bell and Cross went into storage for good. That is, until most recently. In December of 2020, Phoenix Sky Harbor opened a pop-up display commemorating the fly-in chapel located in Terminal 4.
2: Right now, what we have on display is we have the original bell which probably weighs a good 100 pounds. It's about 24-inch diam- uh, diameter. Um, and then we have the metal cross that was constructed for the Terminal 2 um, Chapel.
1: There's information about the history of the fly-in chapel, and passersby are invited to snap photos with or of the display. But there's one main thing Gary wants to make sure you all know, There are no weddings allowed at Sky Harbor anymore. It's an operational hazard, and the airport disallowed it years ago. So I'm sorry, listeners, if you had dreams of saying I do at Sky Harbor, it's not going to happen.
0: Well, Taylor, thanks for uncovering that old piece of history about Arizona's fly-in chapel. We know weddings aren't allowed at the airport anymore, but did they ever reopen a chapel?
1: They don't have a chapel anymore, but they do have an interfaith space where airport visitors can go to have some quiet time and reflect if they would like.
0: Well, listeners, that's all we have this week. If you liked this episode, check out Taylor's episode on what happened to Terminal 1. It was released in March 2019, so you'll have to scroll back a little bit in your feed to find it. While you're there, if you like our show, leave us a written review in your podcast app and submit your questions to us at valley101.azcentral.com and share our show with a friend. We'll see you next week.